0: The sound machine is here. It's finally here, you guys. That is So Retrograde. Welcome to the
1: show. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Steph. Hi. Elizabeth Cott. You guys know me by my first and last name, Stephanie Simbari. And this is a very special
0: episode (laughs) of That's So Retrograde. We are exploring a topic that is near and dear to our curious hearts. Things related to marijuana. So fun fact. That's so retrograde. The idea and the title both conceived while under the influence of the magical flower of marijuana.
1: It's true, you guys. We've experimented from time. We've tried to time. it once or twice. Yeah. Uh, Some might
0: say Steph and I are field experts. 100%. Just putting the work in to figure out what works best.
1: We do it for you guys, honestly.
0: Talking cannabinoids in. Yeah, I've you like never that? heard you say I that. love saying that word. In particular, CBD. And we have Cindy Capobianco and Rob Rosenheck of Lord Jones joining us today. Welcome to the show.
2: Hiya.
1: Thanks so much.
2: You Did guys.
0: I say that word right? Cannabinoid?
2: Perfect.
1: Wow. For those of you who don't know what Lord Jones is, they're the most delicious. Beyond, I mean, there's other things they do besides this one thing. But the edible situation that you guys have crafted is, I beyond. can't. Speak. I just want to eat only your edibles for the rest of my life and nothing else. Will that work out for me?
2: Bless your heart.
0: <laughs> <And> in addition <laughs> to lunch, and dinner, THC and CBD edibles. You also have CBD topicals that are meant to help with pain. And we want to just go deep on the CBD idea because this is relatively new, and we're seeing it pop up all of these different elixirs at Erewhon and uh, Cafe Gratitude and Earth Creation. Bar. And we want to bring the information <laughs> to our listeners so they can be educated consumers.
2: Right on. Right yes. on.
0: But before we get to CBD, I want a little background. So fun fact, I used to work for Cindy and Rob. Whoop. What was that like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be well, honest. Are you having
0: Tell fun? Tell us. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do, do you feel like Elizabeth was a good employee at how old were you? 24. I'm gonna go ahead and just say she wasn't, but. (laughs) Look where she she is now.
3: Was that your first job? No. It's my second job in LA. Second job. Yeah. Um, She was fantastic. Aww. She was Johnny on the spot, lovely. Johnny on the spot. Thank you guys. Elizabeth always
2: wanted to make her mark in the world, and now she is.
3: Aww. That's really cute. She had incredible ideas always, was always way before the cutting edge.
1: Now, look at us just eating weed on air. Exactly. <laughs> so, we we're ready to go. Welcome <laughs> here to here the we future, <laughs> people. So, Cindy, you have
3: a
0: background in public relations, fashion, worked with Donna Karen, went over to Gap. Yep. And then, when you and Rob were here, you started an integrated marketing firm. That's correct. And had a lot of uh, experience in building brands, all aspects of that, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And so, what had you pivot from that into now Lord Jones?
3: Well, we had um, the privilege of working with Fortune 500 companies as an agency um, in the food and fashion and wellness space, and then we also incubated brands, Um, so we really had kind of the two opposite sides of the spectrum, Um, and as a brand marketer, that was just a totally exciting challenge to work with huge companies like General Mills. We... We're uh, the agency of record for Lara Love. We worked with Miragland Organic Tomatoes. We worked with Casc- Cascadian Farms. Food should taste good. We worked with um, Ecos-, Ecos Laundry Detergent. Ooh, I love them. Um, so they were big brands with big budgets and um, you know, were looking to us to you know, create exciting, amazing ideas that would engage their users even more. And then we incubated small companies um, in the health and wellness space, fashion accessory space. Um, So that experience (laughs) was incredible because it really spoke to our entrepreneurial spirit, and we've always been entrepreneurs. But um, we had skills from my corporate experience and big brand experience with Gap and Donna Karen. I was also a fashion editor at Allure and Vogue and Marie Claire magazines. So... um, So it was good times. And we only worked with clients that we would wear or eat or use their product. That's what I
0: always found so inspiring working with you. And I learned was that to have that vested interest within a brand and really not only having like a minority stake within the brand and Mm -hmm. crafting it from the ground up, Mm -hmm. but the common denominator with everything you worked with was that you thought it was cool.
3: Yeah, we had to because especially having been a fashion editor, all of my friends who I was an editor with back you know, in the beginning of my career we're now the fashion directors and the editors-in-chiefs of these magazines. So I wasn't going to pitch them crap. I was going to bring them something that I loved and that I believed in. And those were the only clients that we worked with. So then what then had
0: you pivot from the multi- working with multiple brands into kind of honing in specifically on the cannabis industry?
3: I'll let Rob take that one. Actually, in meetings, I never speak. He always gives, like, the whole intro, so I'm like, hi, I'm Cindy. Well,
2: Cindy said it. You know, we, we only work for brands we like to consume, so naturally we'd start a cannabis company. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, we, we, uh, we moved to California from New York, uh, you know, about 15 years ago. And we became medical marijuana patients.
1: Same. <laughs> for our
2: maladies. Yes. And
1: what was your malady at the time? Back ha- pain? Hangnail? <laughs>
2: I felt the weight of the world. <laughs> and I felt that using medical cannabis relieved the weight.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It was more.
2: very effective. Yeah. No, seriously. Uh, you know, we were medical marijuana patients, and we would go into the dispensaries, and it was a whole brave new world coming from the East Coast and um, having access to cannabis. But, uh, you know, and the flour was incredible. But when we would eat edibles, they usually were like a cookie in a plastic bag with a staple. And it was right. a little bit like Russian roulette. And you might get something that was really incredible and you might get something that was not so good. Or
1: you might get beyond high
0: and
2: right. not
1: recover for like a week and a half. Yes.
2: Yeah. I <laughs> so like I
0: add, it's like one cookie is 150 milligrams, which is, insane to consume. It's like, let's have a treat be the proper dosage.
2: Well, you know, it, it, there's, we could talk about dosage. There's a whole, we, we we have a study that we read that talks about dosage. I could go into that. But um, the fact, the, the problem was it was unlabeled. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm fine with high dosage. You know, people who have serious illnesses need a high dosage and people who have high metabolisms need a high dosage. But if you don't have a serious disease and you don't have a revved up metabolism and you eat a hundred milligram cookie, you're going to be bumming heavily. Well, it's also like,
1: I feel like the milligram conversation is relatively new. Like I didn't even know that that was a thing until like literally six months ago.
2: It is a thing. Yeah. Just like, you know, if you eat too much pizza, your belly hurts. Yeah. So if you take too much THC, your head is going to hurt. So your so, so spirit that, is that, gonna yeah. hurt. <laughs> yeah. So that that was the opportunity, you know, we as brand marketers and professionals, <laughs> we we saw an opportunity to, you know, make a product that stood for efficacy, transparency, safety, reliability, consistency, and you knew exactly what you were getting. And then also, you know, coming from the East Coast, or for anyone who's not familiar with the cannabis world. There are all kinds of new products and techniques. And so we wanted to create a brand that could educate people so that they knew what they were consuming, what this product could do for them. Because, you know, with all seriousness, you know, it's great to get high, but there's all of these health and wellness benefits from these products and the different cannabinoids, as you said, Elizabeth. So we saw this grand opportunity, an opportunity of a lifetime, to kind of draw on our experience from the food world and the personal care world to create a brand that had a line of edibles, a line of topicals that came in all different kinds of formulations and to educate people about what these incredible compounds can do and these different delivery techniques.
0: And to cut to now, you have a beautiful range of products. Not only is the product itself amazing, but the packaging and the branding is so on the mark, which is, is, as a consumer, somebody who is used to shopping at like a higher end apothecary or something along those lines. It's really evident that you're gearing it towards that. Whereas I find in, in the marijuana quote unquote space, it's like Rasta college vibes. And it's like, that's not who the customer is anymore. Yep. So thank you for acknowledging that and, and putting your expertise towards
2: that. Well, thank you for the kind words. Yeah. To us, you know, a brand is really the way people relate to your company it's not just the packaging, it's not just the products, it's all of it, and ultimately it's the feeling that people have toward your company. It's
1: wonderful. Let's talk about CBD. Yes. The cannabinoid situation. Most people only know what THC is.
2: And some people don't even know what that is. Right. I bet a bunch of your listeners don't know what so THC is. So why don't you
1: break it, break it down for us. us? Let's
2: break it down. Let us know. Okay, so there are approximately 100 unique compounds in the cannabis plant. And each one of these does something different in the body, and we're beginning to understand more and more about that every day. And so these compounds are called cannabinoids. The two most famous cannabinoids are THC and CBD. So THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, is what gets you high. That's the psychoactive part of the plant. Cannabidiol, CBD, is the more medicinal part of the plant. And then there's this whole group of cannabinoids that do different things. They stimulate appetite. They suppress appetite. They make you go to sleep. They make you more alert, and so you can combine these different cannabinoids in different combinations to achieve different effects. And so okay. those are the formulations that are included in our different recipes, or in our topicals or tinctures.
1: But when you, I'm sorry, just quickly. So when you see like a bud of of marijuana that's just THC,
3: how is that's it a great question pulled from that? Great yeah.
2: question. Okay, so the 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 flower yeah. of where the bud yeah. or the weed yeah. of the plant is uh, the grass the, whatever <laughs> all of that stuff <laughs> pot yeah um, that th- that flower contains a host of cannabinoids and okay. so you have different strains of flower and so you've heard of Blue Dream or Jack Herer or Alaskan Diablo. Thunderfuck.
1: I'm a Jack Herrera fan. One of my favorites. Really? I'm not into it. Hmm. I've transitioned different to more strokes. of a hybrid. So they,
2: that's right. It, that's exactly right. It is different strokes. And each one of these strains has a unique cannabinoid profile. That's why when you go into a dispensary and there are 80 different kinds of flour, it makes sense. Because if they all did the same thing, there would only need to be one strain. Right. So some strains have more CBD. Some strains have more THC. And then each strain has its unique terpene Profile and terpenes are what give the plant its fragrance. So, they're terpenes in wine, they're terpenes in citrus, and they're terpenes that are found in cannabis, and they're unique terpenes in cannabis.
1: And so, but that has nothing to do with the indica sativa.
2: That thing. has everything. everything. To okay, do. The perfect. You've just nailed the indica sativa segue. Okay. So, indica. Uh, has its own set of terpenes and sativa has its own set of terpenes and the terpenes are largely what differentiate between a sativa and a, and an indica varietal. And, and so then you sat- have hybrids also. Sativa
0: is more of a stimulant. Indica is more of a relaxant, like into couch as I always like to call yeah, it. Yeah,
2: that's, that's what people say. You know, that's, that's generally true, but there are lots of sativa strains that can be relaxing and there are, uh, Indica strains that get you feeling up and creative. So it's really about finding the strain that works for you. But generally, yeah, the indica is more of a body high sedative mm-hmm. and the, the sativa is more of an uplifting effect. Also, people who get anxious, that's usually from a sativa. So yeah. if people are like, oh, I Too can't have cannabis, it makes me anxious makes me paranoid, you might want to try an indica varietal.
3: A good way to remember it is sativa gets you high and indica gets you stoned. So it's more of a body high, which is actually... Just think about the difference between being being, being high and being stoned. Right, you know? up and down. But, but then, everything is a hybrid, which throws like a whole nother complexity into right. the mix. And so then there's if it's always like sativa, a little sativa in an indica, and there's always going to be indica and a sativa. Mm.
1: Good, we are the world. Um. <laughs> totally Benetton.
3: <baby. laughs> yes. It's all
1: Benetton. But in this the C the this, the the THC. F- thing in the plant, then there's also like a CBD happening in there? Or right. we've okay. taken so, those so, out?
2: So, you know, cannabis has become much more potent over the last decade because of uh, the genetics and the way yeah. that people are breeding the plants. Um, a really potent cannabis will have between 20 and 30% uh, THC in the plant. Okay. And usually there's just a trace amount of CBD in In most cannabis plants, but again, people now, because of all of the health benefits and the wellness benefits of CBD, people have been breeding for the last several years, many years, uh, high CBD versions of the plant. Oh wow! So now you can get a a plant that has, you know, upwards of eight to ten percent CBD.
3: So like Harlequin is a strain that's very super high in CBD. Um, what's the other one? It's like ACDC. Yeah, there's
2: a whole bunch of names. And and (laughs) the names are not always consistent, because you don't always know what you're getting yet, because this is not all fully regulated. regulated. But yeah, there are strains that have lots of CBD. Now, people know about hemp. Right. You know, I didn't know what hemp was. I didn't know the difference between hemp, what's hemp, what's cannabis, and the laws are different for these different plants. But Basically, hemp is just another variety of the cannabis plant. Okay. But hemp does not flower, and hemp has only CBD and has almost no THC. Is it the boy plant? It is the boy plant. Hey. I grew, I grew plants for a second in my closet. So,
0: so <laughs> CBD within itself is known to be an anti-inflammatory, an antioxidant, and a muscle relaxer.
2: It does all those things. And more. And, and Doesn't it more. shrink
1: tumors, too, maybe, possibly?
2: You know, people claim that it shrinks tumors. Um, I'm someone personally who really believes in science and medicine. I would never say that something shrinks a tumor, right. which is like life and death, serious mm-hmm. business, until, you know, you have scientists and and physicians doing clinical studies to prove that. Right Now, there are people who take CBD who have cancer because... They're in dire straits and it's going to do no harm. Why not? But I don't think that that's been proven. Right. Okay. You know, I'm a big believer on, you know, if you if it happens to you, if you see it, if you experience it, then it's real for you. Yeah. So we know anecdotally from our patients and our collective when, and just from our own personal use, CBD does act as an anti-inflammatory uh, analgesic, that it does help with skin conditions like eczema and psoriasis when applied topically. Um, We have a number of patients with migraines and they put the topical on their head uh, or the back of their neck and it relieves tension Mm -hmm. and it gives them significant pain relief from migraine headaches. I've never seen CBD shrink a tumor.
1: But maybe not shrink a tumor, but the idea, I think, behind that is also like if you're relaxed in your body and, and you're able to kind of chill, then like whatever else you're doing for your healing is probably more effective because you're, the tension and stress around it isn't so elevated.
2: Totally. My cousin had really acute leukemia and a big part of his therapy was emotional and psychological. And, you know, yeah. if you go to a big cancer center, they absolutely integrate um, well-being and mindfulness in, in, into attacking the cancer. So I'm not saying that cannabis is is not an effective treatment for cancer. I'm just saying we really need to get the government to let scientists and physicians study it because we Mm -hmm. don't know all the things that this plant can do, but we do know it's, I mean, anyone who's ever smoked a joint ever knows this is a very powerful plant. Totally. You take a couple puffs and you are, your whole consciousness is transformed immediately. Mm -hmm. It is a powerful plant. And now we know you put it onto your skin, you put it onto arthritis or sore muscles, you know you feel pain relief. Mm -hmm. So, geez, you know, there are people in South America hunting for plants to cure all kinds of diseases that it's not so obvious. So that's something that really needs to change in the U.S. is we need to get our government to, you know, if they're not going to legalize cannabis nationally, like really empower scientists to study what this thing can do because we know it does a lot.
1: Are there scientists studying it, like, low-key, behind-the-scenes, secretly, not telling the government, in some sort of, like, cool, green-painted room? Well, I wouldn't know anything about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk, talk more and, and get more in-depth with CBD, both um, ingested and applied topically. So um, there's this idea in which um, CBD needs a little bit of THC to activate. Can we talk about that? I know your your edible product is a ten milligram th. I'm sorry, ten milligram t- CBD to two milligrams THC. Can you explain why th- sure. the combo works? Yeah.
2: So Raphael Mechoulam is an Israeli scientist. He's in his 80s, and he was the first person to isolate these different cannabinoids. He discovered THC and CBD, and uh, and many of the other component compounds in cannabis plant. And he's done tremendous research at Hebrew University. And in Israel, they've been studying cannabis for decades. Mm. So they know a lot more than Shalom.
0: we do.
2: My brother. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got our hands on as much Israeli research as we could possibly find and read everything we could possibly find. So this stuff has been studied. And, and one of the things that Meshulam and others identified was this phenomenon called the entourage effect. And the entourage effect is the theory that when you combine the plant's various cannabinoids and terpenes, the healing properties of it, and also the psychoactive properties of it, are greater than any one of these component compounds in isolation. Cool. And you know, the government legalized a form of medical cannabis called Marinol, which is a prescription drug, which is just pure THC. And the government did a study a while back where they had a bunch of, I think they were cancer patients, and they gave half the control group Marinol, which was this pure synthetic THC, and then they let the other control group smoke grass. So they were getting all of the cannabinoids and terpenes and all the plant material, and the group that smoked the marijuana experienced significant greater pain relief than the group that took the synthetic pure Marinol mm. THC. Interesting. So it's widely believed and understood now that the entourage effect is a real thing. So when we formulate our products, um, our CBD products, we, we like to include a little bit of THC, and it's not in there to get you high, it's there to activate the CBD. We also use what we call whole plant medicine or full spectrum medicine. So when we extract the oil that we use for our infused products from the cannabis plant, we don't refine it. We want all the terpenes and the other plant matter in the oil because we believe that it, it it's this entourage effect of compounds that provides the desired effect. So we... We, we, we've we done so much testing, and we believe that the five-to-one ratio, five-part CBD to one-part THC, is the most effective ratio for pain relief and helping skin conditions and other symptoms. And then we also include the terpenes. So I could go into that, terpenes.
1: Definitely do. my, my Just one question before you go on sure. is because I've been seeing a lot of CBD water in places. Yes. And which is cool to see it out, but I've heard of this entourage effect, and so I'm wondering, is that just kind of like yeah. a sales pitch? Like, what
2: exactly so, is that? You know, again, I'm I have not scientifically studied this stuff. I can just tell you anecdotally that this the, the products that use crystalline CBD, which is pure chemical CBD. It's been distilled and stripped of everything except. The CBD molecule,
1: and they need to do that so that it's legal, or what exactly is the reason? Well, sorry, I really took the air out of your sales. Yeah, there. it's this.
2: Now you're you really getting <laughs> deeply into the the, the 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 morass of conflicting laws that we have at the local, state, federal, and international level. Yeah, the, the, the 2014 Farm Bill allows for the importation of industrial hemp that has less than point. 0.03 percent i'm sorry 0.0, 0 yeah 0.03 percent thc okay okay so it can have a trace amount of thc um and crystalline cbd has zero it's okay it's a pure it's the molecule it's mm-hmm. like the marinol it's pure so um it's compliant with the farm bill it's kind of inert. It's a crystal solid as opposed to a liquid, so some people find it easier to, to use. I, I, I believe it's water-soluble, which is why some people are uh, diluting it in water okay. or dissolving it in water. Um, I've had pure CBD products and products made with crystalline CBD, and personally, I don't feel any effect at all. Okay, So we are complete believers in the entourage effect and not just including some THC with the CBD, but also the natural terpenes. So there are ways to get around the farm bill limitations and include the terpenes without the THC. So let me talk for a minute about terpenes. Please yes. do.
1: So in, I'm so, so into all of this.
2: Okay. So terpenes, so when you open up a bag of cannabis... And you smell that familiar smell. That's the terpenes. And when you go into a dispensary and the bud tender hands you a glass jar with this strain or that strain and you smell them and they all smell a little different, that's the terpenes. Okay. And the theory is, and again, Mashulam did a lot of this work, but others are doing it around the world, is that the terpenes unlock... CB1 and CB2 receptors that you have in your brain and your body. We have an endocannabinoid system.
1: Yes.
2: So uh, I didn't believe this. I thought this was just a convenient story that stoners would tell <laughs> to, to get justify, for us. Like yes, our bodies like are
1: course, 90% we, water um, and yes. 80% weed.
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> we were designed for cannabis. Yes. But it's true. Actually, I, I went out to dinner with my cousin. He's a radiologist and he's a, kind of a straight arrow. And I said, what's with this endocannabinoid system? It's all bullshit, right? And he was like, no, no, there's an endocannabinoid system. We have, we have. you know, you have, a, you have a opioid receptors in your brain. You have all kinds of receptors in your brain, your body to take in elements from the natural world. It kind of makes sense. And we definitely have an endocannabinoid system, like your endocrine system wow. that brings in cannabinoids. So these are receptors, and they get switched on and off. Your body, you know, is told, yes, take in the cannabinoid, or don't take in the cannabinoid. You have all these systems in your body for taking in different nutrients and different substances. And the terpenes, it is theorized, are the compounds that tell your CB1 and CB2 uh, receptors to take in the cannabidiol or the THC or the various compounds. So the reason when you smoke in the couch and you get (laughs) stoned is because those terpenes are modulating and regulating the intake of the THC and the CBD. And when you smoke sativa and you get up and you get creative or you get anxious, Again, those are the terpenes, and that's why you need to find the strain that's right for you. So,
1: if you smell it and you like it, that's good for you. That's exactly. That's right. what okay. people
2: say. They say, you know, if you cool. like the smell of it, that's your body telling you it's it's a go, the good stuff for you. And cool. that's why you know you, you can smoke a joint and pass it around, and you love it, and your friend is, is the, less the in the corner. More, <laughs> yeah, so that's why you know it's like wine. You know, it's it's uh, you know different strokes for different folks. So that's the. Ter- terpenes talking. Because if you were to distill the THC out of this strain or that strain, it's just a molecule that's going to react the same way. So in our products, we put the terpenes in, um, especially in the, the the stuff that's more medicinal, the CBD products, because we want to make sure that the CBD is absorbed and utilized by the body so that it can give you pain relief or 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 work on a skin condition.
0: So let's say I ingest no. a CBD. What what will happen to me?
2: Enlightenment immediately. Like
0: what is the intended effect? Like obviously with the THC product, like we're looking to get a little high. But CBD is is not going to get me high. What what will it do? What's the purpose of this?
3: Well, we can we can. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you two things. One, from my own experience, and then I can tell you about the patients who are in our collective. Yeah. So as uh, a function of launching this business, um, according to California state law, we had to form a nonprofit collective, Okay. Uh, which we did because that enabled us to operate. So um, uh, we have... Doctors, all kinds of doctors, physicians, neurologists, oncologists, gynecologists, um, other uh, dermatologists, all the ists. Yeah, I was was just going to start saying doctors, um, urologists. Who are, uh, you know, believe in cannabis, but, um, you know, are not in the position to want to write a recommendation for their patients. So their patients come to us. And uh, we guide them through the process of how to get a recommendation. And then um, we help them find the right product for whatever they're experiencing. So much of our experience and our knowledge of what cannabis does comes from our patients. And we have hundreds of patients. And of those hundreds of patients, we have over 100 testimonials. Um, And those patients have conditions ranging from cancer to AIDS to everyday skin conditions that aren't, haven't been properly diagnosed or really haven't been healed by anything that they've used. They have eczema. They have psoriasis. They have rosacea. Um, the cannabis is really effective for sunburn. So migraine, as Rob said earlier, we have a group of migraine sufferers. They use it for their ice pick headaches mm-hmm. on their temples and necks. Um, and they ingest the CBD. So using the products in combination or using just one product. Um, we also have patients who either have opioid addiction or can't take opioid pain medication, who um, have either you know been in an accident and need some kind of relief or have had surgery, and they take our CBD uh, and THC edibles. And um, is CBD non-addictive, so it's okay for people with
1: Drug addiction. Um, or that in one of those other things, it's like not totally proven.
2: It hasn't been adequately studied. You know, uh, uh, cannabis is not addictive the way alcohol or Opiates. opiates are addictive. Um, it, it's likely, I would say, habit forming. Yeah. As you probably know. What do
3: you mean? Well, you <laughs> no. feel better.
1: You know, when yeah. you feel
2: great, you want to feel great. It's like, you know, is pizza habit forming? Yes. Right. Um, Until you it, can't you know? poop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, too much information? Uh, Jewish. Okay. That's so true. Right. I get it.
2: So, you know, Elizabeth, you, you asked, uh, what do you experience when you ingest CBD? So when you ingest CBD and it's activated by the terpenes and a little bit of THC, most people, um, the most common effect is that it acts as a mood stabilizer Mm -hmm. that gives you a sense of calm and tranquility. Mm. We have some folks who take Ativan who have described that it's similar Mm -hmm. in effect to taking Ativan. Wow. It's anti-anxiety. We
3: have patients who actually take, you know, part of a gumdrop, a single serving, and they feel like their best self, they report, and they also, what often happens when people take CBD is a couple of hours later, they'll be like, God, I'm having a great fucking day, and all of a sudden, they'll be like, oh my God, I took this CBD. Totally. Like, right. It's like, what? That's fully because what you're not to me. high, and you're just like,
1: relaxed. you're
3: like in your vibe, you're in your body, you're like, everything's clear, and mm. you just feel like your best self, so... Mood stabilizer. On mm-hmm. your suggestion,
0: when when we were at, they first of all, Lord Jones, did an incredible uh, medicated sound bath that was so incredible, it was mm. so fun. And you were talking to me about the CBD product. You said yeah. sometimes I just take a little bite. Yep. So I did that. Kind of forgot about it and was in the middle of doing laundry and was like, Wow, I feel amazing. This laundry's great. <laughs> and then it was just laundry, but it, I I fully uh, equate that to your product. So you dosed me
1: with the THC gumdrop before Ambi sound bath. And I went to a completely different universe yeah. in a really wonderful way. And yeah. I woke up and I was like, got to break up with the guy that I'm seeing. I just got to shed right. all the things that are right. getting in my Good. way. Like, I'm done. It worked.
3: Yeah. So we do, as Elizabeth said, we do a lot of um, wellness events, yeah. sound baths, meditations. Um, did you, you guys do a yoga class, too? Medicated yoga yeah. classes. So, um, so we really believe in the mind-body connection. And, um, you know... I think when we we got into this business, you know, knowing that we love cannabis, there has to be a better way to ingest it and to experience it. Um, And we wanted to make all of our formulas absolutely incredible, even if they weren't infused. So our lotion could sit on the shelf at Barney's. It's a shea butter base. It's, you know, we formulated it with the top chemists in the world Um, and our edibles, the gumdrops are the fruit essences in the gumdrops are European. Everything's handmade. The chocolate in the sea salt caramels is single origin chocolate from Ecuador. It's so good. We use French sea salt to finish them. Um, so we put a lot of care and love into the products. I want
0: to. I'm, I'm really curious about the laws and how those are shifting, and how as a brand you've had to really be so mindful of how you launch and where you launch due to the constrictions within the cannabis legalities. Is that how we say it? I don't know. Um, but March 7th is coming up a, a quite a big ruling. So California is the largest cannabis industry in the world. And uh, what is revolving around this election and what can we do?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So uh, here in Los Angeles, we have an election on March seventh. It's a municipal election in an off year, so most people don't know don't, what that is don't turn out or <laughs> don't even know that we have an election here. But there are
1: there are other elections besides presidential.
2: There are. <laughs> he just
1: broke his heart. <laughs>
2: so um, we have two ballot initiatives here in the city of Los Angeles. We have that that have to do with the cannabis industry here. We have Measure M. As in marijuana, mm-hmm. and then we ha- also have Measure N, as in no. Ooh. Mm. So, you know, just to back up and give you some context, in 1996, California became the first state in the U.S. to legalize medical cannabis.
1: That's so ahead of the curve. We are, and also the year I was born.
2: You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, We've had medical cannabis here in California far longer than the other states, states Mm -hmm. like Oregon and and Colorado and Washington State, which now have recreational cannabis. And what we didn't do right in California as a state was that when we passed Proposition 215, which legalized medical cannabis, we did not regulate it at the state level. And so it created a bit of a mess Mm -hmm. for the next 20 years where it's quasi-legal it's all gray market, it's unregulated, it's kind of underground, it's been kind of seedy, although that's now changing rapidly. And in Northern California, in places like San Jose and Oakland and San Francisco, the cities took it upon themselves to regulate it. So when you go up there, things are more orderly, the shops generally are more upscale, and people can do business in a more professional way. And consumers, I think, are perhaps a little more sophisticated. But Los Angeles is the largest cannabis market in the world. The size of the cannabis market here is estimated to be 10 times the size of the cannabis market in the Bay Area. Wow. And the cannabis industry in Los Angeles alone is estimated to be twice the size of the recreational and medical market combined in the entire state of Colorado. So we are the sleeping giant. Mm -hmm. Now, the city uh, has, after many years of being very ambivalent about cannabis, has decided that they want to make L.A. the center of the cannabis industry in the U.S., which makes it the center of the cannabis industry in the world. They see the tax revenues, they see great business development, they don't want to see what happened to the movie business happen to the cannabis business, mm. where they passed unfavorable tax regulations and people just left and they started making movies elsewhere. Yeah, So... You know, we are Los Angelenos. We love it here. We think it's the greatest city on earth. We're committed to staying here. We're working with the city through the Southern California Coalition, which is a coalition of manufacturers and growers and retailers working with the city to make sure that we create the, the best, smartest, safest, most reliable, most prosperous cannabis industry in California. And this is all going to come down to March 7th. So if you are a cannabis user or you care about the cannabis industry, you must go out and vote on March 7th for Proposition M, as in marijuana. Yes on M. And no no on on N. N. Measure (laughs) M. It's
1: so funny. It's so basic.
2: (laughs) Well, it's confusing because they're both there. But Measure M will create licensing for all it creates a very low tax ba- tax taxable rate for individual companies and the idea is to get many, many companies to come in here as producers, processors, retailers, lab testing, transportation. Every aspect of the cannabis industry can be centered here in Los Angeles. It'll be good for our communities. And it empowers the city to regulate the cannabis industry, to keep it away from kids, to make sure that uh, zoning ordinances are in effect, to keep cannabis into areas where it's appropriate, keep cannabis away from areas where it's not appropriate, like schools and churches and that kind of thing. But it's so important. If we do not pass Measure M on March 7th, then we're going to continue to have a chaotic mess here in Los Angeles and all of the legitimate players in the cannabis industry are going to move to other places like the desert or Northern California or San Diego and we will miss out. So, really important that everybody turns out March 7th to vote for Measure M.
1: The uh, the chaos thing is that like I remember a couple of years ago when all of a sudden there was dispensaries and then, like, they closed down and then they, like, opened back up. And then it was, like, it was all of this, like, mishigas around what was allowed to be open and we were allowed to sell or, or buy or the cops are out <laughs> to get to us. That. Like, <laughs> is that what you were talking about where it's just, like, no one knows what the fuck is going on? That's exactly right. That, okay.
2: that will, well, that won't continue. Right. Because now that the state is going to regulate cannabis beginning in twenty eighteen, they will just shut everything down. There won't be a whack a mole. This that is open close because it, nothing will be legal. So right. there- like
1: everyone's so excited that it got passed in this presidential in this presidential election. But I was one of the people who's kind of like, but what does that exactly mean? Is right. that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Right. So Prop 64 passed uh, in November. And what that did was uh, it legalized recreational cannabis throughout the state. And it created people. On Election Day, one thing happened. It became completely legal for individuals to possess, use, and share cannabis. Okay. So it's completely legal for you to light up a joint at home right now. Some people think that it created Recreational marijuana for sale immediately. It did not.
1: Nothing's Sh- changed in like dispensaries. It's not like it's at Seven Eleven right. or anything like that. That's
2: right. The state has to begin to issue licenses for recreational marijuana shops on January first, twenty eighteen. Oh. So we're in this transition moment. Okay. And that brings us back to Measure M because. In order for a cannabis company to exist, it has to have a local license and then apply for a state license. If there are no local licenses available in Los Angeles because Proposition M fails – then there will be no cannabis businesses here in Los Angeles.
1: Not even like the shops that we go to today?
2: That's unclear. There are 135 pre-ICO Prop D compliant shops, but they don't have a clear path to get state licenses either. So you're just going to have a big mess.
1: It's a clusterfuck.
2: Yeah. And and odds are the city might just sweep the whole thing away. Um, We don't know what will happen if Measure M doesn't pass, but you will not have an orderly... Regulated, awesome. You know, you're not going to be able to go into a cannabis uh, shop in Silver Lake or Echo Park or you know wherever you live, right? Um, and uh, and passage of Measure M will create all of the great shops that they have in San Francisco and Denver. We'll have that here, and we'll be the cannabis center. So let's of the all world. go out
1: and vote yes. for Measure yeah. M on March 7th.
0: So considering, let's just paint a world in which M passes. What are both of you most excited about within the industry and where it's going? What excites you?
2: What excites me is all of the cannabis curious people out there who are not currently medical marijuana patients. That's what we designed Lord Jones for. Um, we, we, We love the cannabis community and we work with patients now throughout the state, but There are so many soccer moms and so many professionals and so many people of all walks of life who don't want to get a medical marijuana card and they don't want to jump through the hoops and they don't want to go to a shop that might not be that nice uh, or it's a little scary or intimidating to get into that system. Once those people can walk into a really beautiful shop and just show their driver's license to prove that they're 21 years old, just like they're buying a bottle of alcohol – um that's what's really exciting to us, and we think that, you know, it's a great market opportunity, but more importantly, it's like a cultural phenomenon when cannabis is normalized the way alcohol is. You know, I'm not a fan of alcohol. To me, alcohol is like drunk driving and getting drunk and vomiting and beating up your wife, and it's, it's just <laughs> there's, there's not much good comes from it, and thousands of people a year die of alcohol abuse and car accidents. That doesn't happen with cannabis. What happens with cannabis is you're you know, you you feel great, you connect with people and You um, have a great
3: idea. Yeah, you start a <laughs> podcast and you make love. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: It's interesting like I totally feel you on that. Like my a few years ago my my mom's sister had cancer and she was doing all of the like medical things and it was making her feel sick, but then she would like You know, eat a thing of Dreyer's ice cream or whatever to give her food, but like it was so imbalanced. And I flew to North Carolina and I brought her like medical marijuana from at that time. What was like the height of my understanding? And because she's born in like the 1950s, she would just like she couldn't. There was no cultural evidence that it was normal, and so she couldn't get to that place herself. And exactly, I was like just trying to get her to understand that it's not like I was telling her to like do drugs and I was also like the drugs that they're making you do are making you sicker and she couldn't get there because of her generation
2: yeah there's a terrible stigma and you know to be perfectly honest we got into this because um we loved getting high and we wanted to design something that was really safe and really um you know premium in that yeah. respect but and when we got into it we discovered medical marijuana like we we viewed that as kind of just a charades so you could get high, but right. then we realize like, no, this is serious medicine and yeah. it helps people, it helps us. Um so it's that it, it's what you said, it's the stigma, fighting the stigma, ending the stigma. That's what's gonna happen once recreational cannabis comes online.
3: And we certainly didn't discover it. It's 5,000 years right. old, this plant. So it's been used for centuries. But it's been hidden, and it's become like this weird monster. Well, yeah, but well, it's only been... Life. It,
2: it's In only, our lifetime. Yeah, it's only been hidden for a very short period of time. Yeah, So <clears throat> I don't know if we have time to go into it, but... Um,
1: Drop our knowledge. I feel like this is like a history class. I'm so into it. Right. So, so, yeah.
2: So I'll, I'll try to just skip through this briefly, but cannabis was used five or 6,000 years ago by the Chinese. They were the first to use it, and it was Chinese medicine. Yes. Okay. It wasn't about getting high. It was about all the things we've been discussing. Herbs. And it just spread throughout the world. And when... When the settlers came to the United States in Jamestown, every settler was mandated, they were ordered that they had to grow industrial hemp. And the hemp provided rope and textiles and paper. The Declaration of Independence was written on a piece of hemp. Yes. So our country was built on cannabis. Fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck yeah. <laughs> and so in the 1800s, cannabis oil was found. In apothecaries and drugstores, in every town in the U.S., it was a go-to elixir for pain relief for all the things we've been discussing for the past hour. Yeah, And it wasn't until 1937 that cannabis was banned by the Marijuana Taxation Act of 1937. And there was a bunch of um, societal forces that caused this prohibition. You had uh, Mexican immigrants coming into the United States— corresponding with the Mexican Revolution. Sound familiar? Yes. And these people were vilified because they smoked what they called marijuana. Now, cannabis was called cannabis in the U.S., and it was used largely for medical reasons. And they started to popularize the idea of smoking marijuana, um, which a lot of people didn't like. The Puritans were like, oh, no. And at the same time, you had the DuPont family that had this amazing invention called nylon, this synthetic fiber that they had a patent on. They didn't want hemp growing. They didn't want a cheap, clean, renewable form of rope and textiles. Mm-hmm. They wanted to corner the market on nylon. And then you had uh, William Randolph Hearst, who's the newspaper magnate, and he had lumber farms to make paper, and he didn't want hemp. So they all got together... <sighs> And made marijuana illegal. So from 1937 to 1996, it was illegal. But if you look at the history of the U.S. and the history of the world, you can see that was just a little tiny moment where it was forbidden. Wow.
0: Wow. Do you guys have like a book you can recommend on this topic?
2: Yes. We love the book Marijuana for Everybody by Elise McDonough. Uh, She's a writer for High Times Magazine, and it's a great overview of – The history, the science, the chemistry, a user's guide. What's the difference between a joint, a dab, a topical, an edible, shatter, butter, Someone just gave us
0: shatter, and I'm so scared. That that seems really scary to me.
2: Okay, so, yes, at first blush, it is scary. (laughs) Um, I'm not a big... So, all of these things, oil, dabs, butter, batter, rosin, resin... Um, those are all concentrates. Yes. So you're taking the cannabis plant and you're extracting the THC or the CBD or the other cannabinoids into a concentrate. And then you can either infuse them into products, you can ingest the concentrates, you can apply them topically, or you can smoke them, which is dabbing.
1: Which is it's the most horrifying thing I've ever done in my See, life. You just did the dance move too. Yeah, That's and now origin. I understand the dance move because so, you cough and then you hide yeah. under a couch so for seven if, hours. If you <laughs> dab, yeah,
2: if you dab, you you should dab under the tutelage of a dab master, and it's all you know. I'm I'm not a dabber Although I've I've dabbed with the best, you've dabbled um, in the dabs. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's all about heating your glass rig. It's all the whole thing Yikes. is like it's very gear heavy. It's it's kind of there's a, a blowtorch involved. There's, yeah, there's a blowtorch and glass and he, and if you do it right, the 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 idea is that it's actually purer and less harsh than smoking the flower if you mm-hmm. do it wrong it's like you know sw- swallowing molten lava so yeah you really gotta kind of do that with somebody who's experienced and knows what they're doing um and it is a very you know heavy duty way of medicating so um you know stick our- to the
0: edibles it's not for Laura kids <laughs> dabbing it's, it's not, not for, for kids.
2: kids you know our 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 company is all organized around low dose yeah and dabbing is
1: not that the opposite of that let's cover your products before we wrap up really quickly so you have your low dose
2: so we make we make we have a line of edibles and a line of topicals okay in our edibles we make old-fashioned all-natural gumdrops we make so good uh chocolate-covered sea salt caramels, and we make a dark chocolate espresso chew. And then we do each of those in a variety of dosages from 5 milligrams, 10 milligrams, 15 milligrams, and 20 milligrams. We do THC versions. We do CBD versions. We're about to introduce a pure CBD-only version that doesn't have any THC. Um, what
1: about the entourage?
2: Well, we put terpenes in it. Okay. So we take we take hemp, and then we... Um, we uh, we extract the CBD from the hemp, but we leave in the terpenes and the other plant matter. Okay, um, it's not and, the crystalline. And this, this allows okay. us to sell these products to people who don't have medical marijuana cards oh, cool. because they doesn't have the THC. But nice loophole. Yeah, <laughs> play where you can. So, <laughs>
0: does this mean that the products that product will be available nationwide eventually? We hope so. Cool. So, where in what state can we? Just California. Or right California? now, it's Colorado. just
2: California. We're going to be launching in Colorado later this year. Um, we've been in conversations with folks in Canada, Las Vegas, Massachusetts. Was- Is it New York doing medical now? New York has a very limited medical marijuana program, okay. where right now it's just a tincture. Um, but you know, once this stuff gets out there, people start using it. They understand that it's. Uh, It's of great benefit, and it's not scary. And eventually, we feel confident cannabis will be available in most parts of the country. And nobody
1: cares what they thought in the 30s. Innovators.
0: Really quickly, tell us about the um, topical CBD.
2: Right. So we do two different lotions. We do our 5-to-1 high CBD lotion, which is our serious pain medicine. And then we do a 1-to-1 THC to CBD topical lotion. That's a lower dose. That's kind of the everyday cream or massage cream. It's wonderful to have massage and and use that lotion all over your body. It's very relaxing. We are going to be introducing a balm, a cream, and an oil um, later this year. And we're going to be doing those in a couple different combinations of CBD. We're going to be doing a 10-to-1 CBD oil. Nice. Uh, and we're also going to be releasing a Collection of tinctures, so it's a little dropper that you put under your tongue. We love a tincture. We'll be doing those in CBD and THC and CBD and THC versions. And the nice thing about a tincture is it's no calories, it's vegan, it's kosher, it's gluten free, it's easy. to You can to bring use. them on a plane.
0: We we
1: were literally on an airplane <laughs> to Florida, and I had a tincture that I bought, and I was walking around the airplane putting it in all, all our of our friends', friends were mouths. In aisles, and was I was fun. like, just tell them it's ginseng.
2: Like, very Timothy Leary of you. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I just like people
1: that feel good, you know?
0: Well, this is so wonderful. Honestly, it's so exciting to talk to you and to hear the information. But also, I can't wait to see where Lord Jones goes. And it's just thrilling to uh, get to hear all about the brand and see where you guys are up to. Because you're always doing cool stuff.
1: And I'm so obsessed with it. I don't know if I've said that. But thank you so much.
0: Tell our listeners where they can find Lord Jones.
2: Uh, the best place to go is www.lordjones.com. We have a list of all of our dispensaries and delivery services throughout the state. You can email us and become a member of our collective, the Hollywood Hills Wellness Association, and we can deliver products directly to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks this is so much. Such a full circle moment right now. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> We're very proud of you, Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. Oh, mom and dad. Thanks,
3: guys. Fly high, fly high. <laughs> awesome. Yes, that's a retrograde! It's time for our rectangles!
0: feel like a real radio person because you have the sound machine
1: now. I feel like a proper radio person from
3: a the proper
0: 1930s. <laughs> yeah. A proper radio gal? A proper radio gal? Oh, by the way, with the word gal, I know this is coming out post-Valentine's Day, but I need to it's, this is a precursor to the thorn. What the fuck is Valentine's Day, and why is that a
1: thing? I literally got in the car this morning, and Elizabeth was full on rant mode. She's like, I just have to say, these people making Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, I'm not having it. And I was like, why not? Sh-? I was like, I kind of, I don't mind it, you know? And she's like, when did we start calling each other gal? <laughs> she was just full-blown, like, so pissed. Too much. I was like, I, I, I don't know. I'm of really sorry. All a sudden, sorry. it's a thing. It's,
0: like if you, if it's like this pro-women, like... Unifier, Valentine's. Day. I'm not gonna
1: lie to you, last year on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. I partied with one of my gal friends yeah. and I did post "Valentine's Day Meowentine's mm-hmm. Day. So. I think
0: Meowentine's <laughs> Day
1: is cute. I like that. Well, it's better than Galentine's Day. <laughs> I think it's also the way you're saying it that makes it sound. <laughs> that's
0: what it sounds like in my head. That's what so it is. So that's probably why I have such an issue with it. All right. Well, we won't but say it While While we're airing gripes, I'll go right for my thorn because I'm inv- fired
1: up Clearly right now. Clearly you're revved. Um, I'm scared.
0: So this is a note to the people in my neighborhood.
1: Which no one is – they're not listening, but okay. The
0: folks of West Hollywood might mm-hmm. – recycling bin is not for your poopy bags from your
1: dog okay that's a bad one guys here's the
0: thing when you throw your dog's poop into the recycling bin it then marks the recycling that's in there as null if for some reason poop were to get on the plastic or whatever the glass any of the things and it's these people because they're lazy and they don't feel like opening the top of the Tr- garbage can to put it in. So the recycling bin, which the lid is generally open or ajar, it's easier to put it in. I see you people. You guys are assholes.
1: Well, look, I feel you on that. My only, my bigger gripe with that issue is yes. the whole plastic bag for poop scenario. Of course. And I feel very guilty about it with my dog because on one hand, I'd like to be not littering the neighborhood with my dog's droppings. Of course. But on the other hand, I'm like, I'm taking an organic material, which is poo, putting it in an inorganic material, which is plastic, and then creating a new kind of waste, which that plastic bag, because my neighborhood didn't want poop or we didn't have a shovel handy. Now, some bird in the Arctic has a fucking goddamn poo plastic bag around its neck. Exactly. I'm not into that. So I know there's compostable bags. But I don't really know if anyone's using those. Right. I have this fantasy where I carry a tiny shovel around, mm-hmm. and then I shovel it, and then I and yeah. then I put it in its little, little case. Little thing. The only thing with that is like, you know, we got to make sure that the the shovel comes with some sort of like antibacterial wipe or something, because you can't be carrying like a poo shovel or, you know, I need a lawyer. There's so need much. a, a multi-level <laughs> issue here. All I'm
0: saying is I see you, lazy fuckers.
1: Yeah, she's not into you. Not into you. And either am I.
0: That's so retrograde does not approve. Yeah. <laughs> How does that
1: feel? Retro shade.
0: <laughs> so much retro shade. What's
1: your thorn, Steph? Um, what, what did I say in the car? My thorn is. Um, Time out. Ex boyfriend's texting Oh, you? yes. <sighs> my thorn is my ex boyfriend, which it's to dignify him with such a title is. Very much over the top. I don't like referring to people I've dated as exes because I feel like it then puts them in a category flame. Of, you, of you associating with them. And you're not associating with them any longer. They're just a person you used to know and let penetrate you, okay? You're not connected anymore. This person I once let enter me for six months <laughs> and go on vacations with and go on dates with we're no longer together. We're not friendly. I have no desire to talk to him. I don't care. It's not like I actively don't want to talk to him. I just don't.
0: You would prefer if you saw him, and it'd be cool if you ran into him, but you're not trying to
1: ignite conversation, is what I'm getting Exactly. Like, if I saw him, I'd be like, hey, what's up? Like, so, it's mediocre to see you, but, you know, I'm glad you're alive, you know? But he emailed me last month. I didn't respond. He then texted me last night. I'm like... Respect my boundary. Like, I'm not responding to you because I don't care. And I get it. Like, he's probably, like, needs some sort of validation. But it's, like, a social cue when someone doesn't respond to you is to, like, do a little self-work and release it. Right. Well, I'm just,
0: like, everyone needs to just get along and let's all love each other. Everyone
1: does get along from a safe distance (laughs) neighborhoods away with zero communication. I hear you. You know? Yes. Get out of my fucking hair, dude. That's my
0: whole gripe with text messaging in general is that it really, like allows one person to ignite conversation and it's like not always trying to
1: totally it's like an invasion like I'm yeah. just living my life going about it and then all of a sudden you can just like infiltrate my life and I didn't ask for that text assault you're assaulting me lose my number thank you very much with love XOXO a fucking cunt <laughs>
0: talking about myself. I know. No, oh. I just, I just, oh. gi- I just gave a, a, a look of shock just to like add to that. Oh, right. I wasn't really. I oh, was I like thought more you were of shocked. a yes and. No. Let's bring back
1: the word cunt, guys. It's my rose.
0: Okay. What's your rose? Oh, well, well, my real rose? Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show as much as it is playing a role in my life, but I've been doing this group coaching. Oh yeah. With Caduce and um his girlfriend Carmina, Caduce is and both and Carmina both have had a very Long career in hosting, and they've created this modality that combines practical exercises that help you become a better host or just to communicate or storyteller, and also merging that with ideas in the life coaching space. So it's been a really fantastic experience and an expansive experience and. Uh, a big idea that we're exploring within it is leveling up within your life. The program is called Level Up. So I've found myself as a byproduct of doing this group coaching is I'm really assessing like how can I level up in every aspect of my life. And it's a really beautiful way to wake up in the morning and just say, okay, like, how can I take it to the next level today? What can I do to really push past my comfort zone, push past my to-do list, push past my goals and bring it to the next level? I just want to share that because it's a great way to look at things.
1: What I love about you, Elizabeth, is you're always doing things to challenge yourself and grow. You got this improv class going. You got this level up. You're just just working on yourself in such a positive way. Thanks, man. And
0: yeah. I, I I think it's important, at least from where I'm coming from, is like I'm not really attached to any results. It's kind of like when you go on vacation and you know that something within you is going to shift from that experience, but you're not really sure what. Mm-hmm. Whether it just be a good time or you can tap into another side of yourself or whatever the case may be. So I'm looking at it as an intentional vacation.
1: Cute.
0: It's really fun. And I will share one of the exercises we did a couple weeks ago was writing down 20 things we love about ourselves. Cute. And, and your number offer, one was Steph. Yes. I offer that as homework <laughs> to our listeners because it is an interesting exercise. And is it easy for you? Is it hard for you? What's coming up? What do you love about yourself? Is it physical things? Is it mental things? Is it in your heart? Is it what you do? Think about it.
1: My other question is, have you stopped tweezing your eyebrows? Yes. They look good. Thanks. Yeah.
0: You're like, because you have one now. No, no. They're like thicker and yeah. it's
1: doing well. Oh, you
0: know what it is? It's the Benefit of Brow Gel that I've been using. No, but they look thicker.
1: Or does that make it grow? It makes no, them no, grow. no.
0: It's just like it's it's... Molding them in a way that gives them a more fuller effect.
1: No, there's more hair. Okay. Yeah. All right. Speaking of more hair. Yeah. My rose. Yeah. (laughs) Is this mascara that I discovered? Ooh. As we all know, I've had a. You know, an, an an ailing eye. An
0: eye journey. An, the eye
1: journey continues. It does not end.
0: No, with no attachment to resolve. Yeah, with literally
1: <laughs> no anticipation. Anticipation. Yes. I ate to much DVD. Obviously. Obviously. Um, with feeling. No, great, by the way. Me too. Let's always eat this <laughs> shit. Let's talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> so connected. Oh wait, two. Okay, my first rose is the mascara that I found. So it's been really hard. Um, I haven't been able to wear mascara right. for a while. And I tried one brand that we got when we were at Roots, which was really good. Um, Roots and Laguna Beach. Eyes, eyes, Eyes of Oars was a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, it's really difficult to find. And I think it has a higher price point. So the one that I've... Now I'm able to wear makeup again, according to my my eye doctor. Um, but I, don't, I still don't want to put on any sort of like crazy chemical situation. Right. Um, and so I've been looking for a gentler mascara, and I found the Pacifica brand that
0: they carry at Whole Foods. That they carry at
1: Whole Foods and various other organic markets, also
0: known as the internet
1: and the internet. They have this one, um, and it's I think called the Stargazer. Mm-hmm. It might have a different. They have three different mascaras. They're all great, but the one that I re- highly recommend is the one that has two stages of brush. Ooh, so, and I'll send it to you so you can put it on the okay. blog. But the one, you put, you, so the brush is long and you put your first coat on and then you pull the brush down and it gets tiny and then it like lifts the bottom parts of the lashes. Ooh. I'm not wearing that one today. I tried this other one. They have another one called Age of Aquarius, which I feel like is the more of like daytime mascara. Mm -hmm. And then this one is like the nighttime one. And for like a cheap organic situation, it's the best I've found. And I also have super sensitive eyes. So anytime I use any eye makeup. Like, I've used Dr. Harushka stuff, and it, like, burns the fuck out of my eyes. So mm. this one is, like, solid, Dr. gentle. Whoever the fuck that dude is, don't got it figured out. <laughs> um, and then my other rose quickly is to, to speak on Elizabeth's point of um, doing things that are challenging or putting you out of your comfort zone or connecting you to a part of yourself that you might not have totally... Been vibing, Explored. With. yeah, or like I'm sure you were doing stuff like this when you were a kid, mm-hmm. but maybe now you like you became a professional. Life happened, yeah, whatever. So I was like a gymnast and a diver and like an athlete as a child, and I basically completely stopped doing everything athletic besides yoga for the past like 15 years or more. And yesterday I went to this place called Sky Zone in Van Nuys, and it's like a trampoline gym, and it it's was not on the Kardashians. Yes, they did. They <laughs> took them. They took for someone's birthday, Yeah, one of Courtney's Planelope kids.
0: Yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Obviously.
1: It was so amazing, you guys, like connecting with my physical on such a mindless and just like fun, joyful level. It was so funny because I was jumping up and down and I was like, I'm manic. I'm manic. I'm manic. And then I like stopped for a second. And I was like, you're not manic. You just are experiencing joy. Like that's <laughs> what like children joy. feel every day of their lives. And... Because and you had I, it. yeah, I got it. And cut did it. to
0: the day after, which, by the way, those flips looked next level. But cut to everyone Stephanie, on my Instagram
1: was like, "Wait, you have talent?" Stephanie like, just yeah. asking me, "Can you please rub CBD oil on my body?" I need to bend over and have Elizabeth go deep on my lower back with some CBD lotion because I'm having a difficult time walking. Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's what I mean. Me, Valentine's <laughs> Day.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we are elated to be here and to. um a pleasure. Due to all of the CBD we've ingested, I will say we are going to do a fun little CBD product review this week on our Instagram live. Oh so yes. stay tuned for that. We're gonna—we've really we we've put the pedal to the metal, the foot to the pavement, and we're trying these products
1: for all of you. Thanks for those traveling visuals. <laughs> we've put our feet to the pedals <laughs> on the bicycles we skated around.
0: Yes. So um, <laughs> we will announce when that is happening. We'd love for you to join us Very and also bring your health questions. We will answer them. unless we forget, any live events we make? Oh, I do want to give a shout out to our events page yes. on our website, yes. designed by the beautiful Willa Agency in mm-hmm. Venice. Uh, we've got a ton of awesome events coming up. Check those out. Bloomingdale, South by Southwest. We have a talk here in downtown LA, Jigginsaw, about podcasting. All of which you can find all of the information on our website, that's a retrograde.com slash events. events. Um, and as always, we adore you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you learned something. We hope you were inspired. And we hope you are high life. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Either or, really. Um, namaste listening. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde!